Internet, we're American Muffins. I'm Cam. And I'm Ren. And today we're going to talk about muffins. Do you like muffins? Indeed. What kind of muffins? English muffins. Why do you like English muffins? They're on the savory side and they pair well with eggs. That's true. And that is a traditional muffin. Now the muffin that we all know is technically not a muffin. It's actually a quick bread. Do elaborate. So, um, the English muffin actually originated in Wales in like the 10th, about the 10th century. You mean the English muffin? Yeah. English muffins originated in Wales in the 10th century. Um, and then they were cooked in a circular pan directly in the fire. And then they started to griddle them. And the main difference between what we call like what Americans call muffins, so you know the muffins that you buy in the grocery store and make at home, the chocolate chip, the crumb, the blueberry. blueberry, blueberries for some reason the most popular. I personally don't like blueberry muffins, but that's just me. Um, those muffins, they're more more or less American style muffins, are actually quick breads because English muffins are actually a yeasted product, and nowadays they are made on a griddle. Where you grill it mm-hmm. on both sides and flip it and it's a yeasted bread. Technically, this is a quick bread, which means that it is chemically leavened. So it's not using yeast, it's using something else, like baking soda or baking powder. So you would describe those as uh, naturally derived chemicals then? Yes. It's just a chemical leavener. Yeast is a non-chemical leavener. Baking powder, baking soda are chemical leaveners because they come from the ground. They're minerals. I was going to say, you might want to describe that. That way people don't freak out. Okay, if I say chemical leavener, please don't freak out. It just means sodium bicarbonate, which is what baking soda and baking powder are made out of. They're minerals that come from the ground and... Sodium bicarbonate is a chemical makeup name. There you go. It's a chemical leavener. Chemicals are not bad. Everything is a chemical. Going into the science part of everything. Sorry, but everything is made of chemicals. And here begins Cam's rant. Yeah, small Cam's rant. Whenever someone's like, things have chemicals in them, yes, everything is technically a chemical. You are made up of chemicals. The microphone is made up of chemicals. Everything is made up of chemicals. Because it's chemistry. So baking and food are chemistry. They're working on the molecular chemical level to change food into something else. So when people in the food industry are talking about chemical leaveners or chemical this and that or the other thing, they're not bad. Like cleaning chemicals. Some cleaning chemicals can also like... They're chemicals because that is what they are. That's what the substance is called. Chemical leaveners are chemicals that make things up. It's just the media has given a bad rep about what chemicals are and what chemicals do. And just at the end of the day, just know that if I say chemical leaveners or I say chemical this, that, or the other thing, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's chemistry. Baking is chemistry. You need chemicals to produce a reaction. 
So getting back to the muffins, so you need the baking powder, baking soda. Um, baking powder is what's in these guys. There's a difference between the two, and I'll talk about that some other time. But what you put these chemical leaveners in there to do is to, I'm breaking it open, is you want these air pockets to form. That's what we call the crumb in the baking world, but you want those air pockets to form. And those air pockets wouldn't form if we didn't use some type of chemical leavener or a leavener in general. That's what gives your quick breads like this their rise. That's what gives cakes their rise. It's what gives anything in baking, even cookies, mm, excuse me, even cookies have chemical leaveners in them most to of, make them rise. Most often baking soda, right? Yeah, most often baking soda or baking powder, depending on the recipe or both. Um, it depends on what type of cookie you're making. Um, with muffins, you're always going to probably use baking powder. Um, What's the difference between baking soda and baking powder? So the difference between baking soda and baking powder is one has an added um, acid to it. So... Like, like citric acid? Mm, kind of. It's not citric acid per se, but it's some type of acid. So what actually... So everyone remembers back in like kindergarten, first, second grade, when you would take um, baking soda and... Vinegar. Vinegar. And you'd mix them together and it would make that reaction. That's technically what happens in your um, baking products. So... Baking soda, I can never get these two straight. Hang on, and here. Wait, what are you doing? I'm grabbing baking soda and baking powder. Okay, Cam is grabbing baking soda and baking powder. So yeah, I know I've hardly talked this episode, but that's because baking's not really my forte. I have a degree in baking. Yeah, Cam has a degree in uh, baking and pastry, along with entrepreneurship. Okay. Welcome back. Thanks. Okay, so <laughs> I, have, I have baking soda and baking powder in my hands. So baking soda is strictly sodium bicarbonate, which is the chemical name for baking soda. Um, you would use this in a recipe where you are adding a acid to it. So if you were, say, making a lemon cake or a lemon cake or bread or anything like that. Well, not bread so much, but. Well, some breads use it, right? Yeah, some breads use it. Um, Just not like a French bread, as an example. Yeah. Like mainly quick breads where you're adding an acid to it. So if you're adding lemon zest to something, you would use this guy. Um, banana bread, you would use it. But always check your recipes when you're making something. But Because it is a very precise science. Yeah, it's a very precise science. And if you ever make something and it doesn't rise correctly, you probably use the wrong one. Because if you put baking soda into something that you're not adding another acid to, then it's not going to rise. You'll have very flat cookies or very, like, okay, say you put this into uh, this muffin. 
Um, if you put this into this muffin, you would basically end up with like odd cakey type texture cookies. Yeah. Because ah. it wouldn't rise. Um, that's when you use baking powder. So baking powder um, is sodium bicarbonate with an added acid to it. This one happens to be monocalcium phosphate. So monocalcium phosphate is a acid that will react with this and which makes it double acting. So it will first react when you initially put it in because it's the acid and the th and the powder and it needs a liquid to help it activate because the liquid basically mixes with the um, it acts as acid. an emulsifier, so yeah. to speak. So it reacts with the acid in it, dissolves the acid, makes it active, and then that reacts with the sodium bicarbonate, which makes it rise when you mix it into your batter to begin with. So when I was making this, it started to puff up a little bit and get those air bubbles in it. Well, then the double acting comes when it added heat to it. So heat activates it again and will make it rise. But if it if you don't have the acid, when the heat hits it, it won't rise. That's why you want to use baking powder when you're, yeah, baking powder when you're doing quick breads or cookies or things like that, cake, things that don't have acid in them. Um, generally, when you have a recipe and it tells you, it'll tell you baking powder, baking soda, or both. So just go off of what your recipe is. If you don't have one, so say if you only had baking soda in your cabinet when you're making something and it caused the baking powder, put a little bit of vinegar in it or lemon zest or something like that to add a little bit of acid to it and then it should puff up and be not totally the same as it would be, but it would give you better textures if, if you just didn't add an acid at all. Cool. Yeah. That was quite the rant. That was rant, and then it turned into, like, actually talking about things. It but, did. Um, but you managed to keep it on the topic of muffins. Very nice. Thank you. Um, oh, you okay? Excuse me. Yeah, that was a hiccup. Um, so, my favorite type of muffin is chocolate chip. What's yours? Mine happens to be crumble, otherwise known as crumb cake or coffee cake muffin. Yeah, because it's most commonly paired with coffee or tea from the crumble on top being so dry. Mm -hmm. And well, also typically with this type of muffin, I also like having that little bit of spice on the inside because most of the time it has that little bit of cinnamon or something. Mm -hmm. In our case, we happen to use one of our homemade spice blends, but that's also just because I'm a nerd with that. <laughs> you are definitely a nerd. Okay. But yeah, so my favorite type happens to be a crumble muffin, as I like to call it. I would normally pair it with some uh, fruit on the side along with, in my case, a black tea. <laughs> I love black tea. I love black tea. Black tea is good tea. But that's another episode altogether. Yeah. <laughs> because normally when I would... Oops. Yep, there it goes. That's yeah, what happens when you try breaking it. It crumbles. But, um, when I break it open, you're probably not going to be able to tell through even a camera, but there is some spice in there. 
that has been folded through yeah, you can by tell. Cam. Yeah, you can tell. Because Cam made both of these. Yeah, so I made chocolate We're chip. both holding muffins. Oops. Yep. There Oops. goes more. So you can tell that this one has a bit of spice blended into it. And this one doesn't. This is just a straight up. Yeah, first, because of the color differences. Yeah. The chocolate chip one has a much paler uh, But they're actually, it. they're made from the same base. So generally when you have um, a muffin recipe, what you basically are making is a muffin base, which generally has um, flour, sugar, eggs, baking powder, salt, um, and that's it. It's actually a really, it's just a... Uh, quick bread basically quick bread recipe it's just a muffin base um, then what you do to flavor it is you add your toppings to it so if you are making a muffin um, and you just you, you have a recipe but you don't have the recipe for the type of muffin you can just make a muffin base or do what I did is I made one muffin base and then I split it into two bowls and just mix chocolate chips into one and spice into the other well so that's just it though for things like at least the crumble muffin is you're able to mix the spice straight into that base and batter. That was a weird phrasing. Base um, and batter, base and batter. <laughs> hey, stop base it. And batter. I, I actually have a point. What about when you want to make a chocolate muffin or a cocoa muffin? Like, not just chocolate chip, but like a chocolate muffin. Okay, so if you want to make a chocolate muffin, um, if you don't have a recipe for it, what I would do is sub out. Um, probably about a tablespoon of the sugar and three, four tablespoons of the flour and sub that for chocolate. Or if you just want to add some chocolate to it, you can just add um, cocoa powder. Do you mean like mixing in, say, baker's chocolate of no, I'm like talking the different about, types? Or? I'm talking about just cocoa powder. So okay. you can just mix in cocoa powder if... It seems a little too thick. You can add a little more milk. Oh, there's milk in most recipes too. I forgot to say milk. That's all right. Um, they can always look up a recipe, or maybe I'll put one in the description of this podcast. Yeah, but so different ways you can make it like a chocolate muffin. You can add, um, could add some melted chocolate to it, or like chocolate fudge to it. Mix that in. You can add cocoa powder and just mix that in if it tends a little dry you can add a little more milk or you could use chocolate milk um any of those ways you could use to make a chocolate muffin but but so like you wouldn't add the cocoa in after already making the base no you would have to make it as part of the base no so the method of making muffins is actually super super easy like it is probably it was the first baking thing that I learned in um it's the first baking thing my... that I learned too other than pancakes yeah I went to a career tech school um a votech school when I was in high school very first thing I learned to make like first day was banana bread and chocolate chip muffins and they were basically the same base I just had a food elective class in high school and through there is how uh I really got into culinary not so much baking, but mostly culinary. But either way, I learned how to make muffins. Yeah, so what you do is you take your dries, you put all of your dries in a bowl, and you whisk them up a little bit just to blend them. And then you take your wets. Um, eggs? Eggs. Milk? No, shush. I was 
I had a point. Sorry. <laughs> so when I'm baking anything and it calls for eggs, I will put my eggs in the bowl first and actually whisk them a little bit just to break up that egg because that's your proteins and part of your leavener of your recipe. So I like to make sure that they're whisked or at least beaten a little bit before adding anything else to it so that I get an even blend on it. Um, you don't always have to do that, but that's my tip for having a more consistent product is just beat your eggs a little bit first. Most recipes will tell you to do that anyway, but just a baker's tip, just whisk your eggs first and then add the rest of your um, wet ingredients. And then for muffins especially, you can just take all of your wet, dump it into all of your dry and just mix it up and it'll come together really quickly. It should still be a little lumpy because you don't want to overwork your gluten in your flour. Yep, because you noticed how my crumb muffin was falling apart. <laughs> in a way, that's actually kind of something that you want and don't want at the same time. It was mostly the top of the crumbs that fell off because when you rip it open, it has these nice um, air pockets and texture. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be able to rip it this cleanly with the extra gluten development. Yeah, so... Um... When we're talking gluten development, how you can see how your gluten is developed is in the what we call the crumb. So the crumb is basically when you look at a, um, a baked product and you can see all the air pockets in it and how it's all like nice um, and evenly distributed and there's not... This is a medium crumb, I would say, for a baked product like this for a quick bread. There is a slight bit of what we call tunneling, which is when you have one air bubble that kind of goes all the way through. That means that I slightly overmix this. But um, in something like cake, you want it to have a very fine kind of fall apart crumb because you want almost no gluten development in that. So this one has a little bit of gluten development, which basically means when you add liquid to flour, it combine, combines the two proteins in it that make up gluten. So flour, fun fact, flour by itself does not have gluten in it. Like raw flour doesn't have gluten in it. It's only when you add liquid to it and start to mix it is when the gluten develops into strands of the, the two molecules. That being said though, that doesn't mean that you should experiment on this if if you happen to have celiac or a gluten sensitivity. Oh yeah, do not, do not, don't, don't. Don't, don't experiment with that. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, throwing that out there. Don't <laughs> expect because it's any type of liquid. It could even just be moisture in the air, right? No, like so. But if say, it happens to be a really humid day. Well, what I mean is like, so if you are celiac or have a gluten intolerance before I go on with this whole little science bit. Don't eat raw flour. Don't eat raw flour in general. Because, yeah, just don't eat raw flour. But, so actually, gluten can start to develop in your mouth because you have saliva in your mouth. So even that can develop some gluten oh, strands. Okay. So gotcha. when you swallow it, it then does contain gluten. Because, and some of what gluten intolerance is can also be more on the molecular level of you're actually allergic to one of the two proteins that make up gluten which can still is like even though this does not have a lot of gluten development in it it still has those two proteins in it so this is just a fun bit of science this isn't like saying that you can like get around being gluten intolerant if you want to eat cake or something but that's 
can be why some people have less of a reaction when they eat like cake or more of a reaction when they eat cake. It depends on what actual protein you're allergic to because there's two proteins and then they join and they make gluten strands. So back to actually talking about it. So you have just regular flour, doesn't really, doesn't contain gluten, but it contains um, a certain percent of gluten possibility, which is then when you activate it, mix it, that's when you're developing gluten. So you don't want to develop a lot of gluten in things like cookies or unless you want a really chewy cookie and then you add more flour and mix it a little more. Or cake, you want almost nothing. Bread, you want a lot of gluten development. You want that gluten fully developed, which is why some bread you'll mix for 20 or 30 minutes. That's because you want that gluten developed. And then some, like, those are for hard breads, like your ciabatta, your um, baguettes, Mm -hmm. sourdoughs. You really want that gluten developed. Because that's what's going to give you those nice, giant bubbles from the, not from not only from the yeast, but from all that gluten development, because the gluten can hold it. It can hold on to that shape. Yeah, it can hold on to the shape of the bubbles. You're but, starting to delve into breads, though. I know, but when, <laughs> but this, sorry, I go on tangents a lot, um, but this, you don't want a lot, so you want really small, tiny little bubbles from the leavener that then turn into, the gluten is basically what's holding the, the crumb. It's what's holding the shape of the air bubbles. So, but you don't want to mix it a lot. That's why, that's why, going back five minutes, what I was actually talking about, that's why you don't want, that's why you want, that's why you want, how many times can I say that's what you want? That's why you want a slightly lumpy um, muffin mix. Is because you don't want a lot of gluten development. Yeah, and trying to get all those lumps out will definitely overmix. promote it. And yeah. yeah. If you mix all of those lumps out, you would definitely overmix it. <laughs> Muffins are nudist, by the way. I want to I wanna hit one more point. One more point on this. All right, go ahead. Okay, so if you're making a muffin... <laughs> I was about to do a closeout and everything. I know, but I need <laughs> to say this, that muffins are nudist. So what I mean by that is if you are making a muffin... Do not put a muffin, a, a cupcake wrapper on it, because then it's just a cupcake. You want a muffin? You you don't like. If you're not listening to this on YouTube, you can't see me, but I have a muffin in my hand. You, you have a piece of a muffin. I in have your a hand. piece of a muffin because I've been baking this muffin apart. <laughs> but you want, like, don't put a mu- don't put a cupcake wrapper on your muffin. Just just leave your muffin bare. Just just leave it bare. But what, leave it naked. But what about when you get? A muffin from um, a bakery slash restaurant and it has like that the paper on it yeah like that brown paper okay well that's more for sanitary reasons because then the person can like pick up the muffin but if you but that's if you're baking for yourself if you're baking for people that don't particularly care that happen to be close to you yeah if you're baking for yourself don't put cupcake wrappers on your muffins because they're cupcake wrappers they're not muffin wrappers but if it's in a bakery, then that's a different thing because, like, sanitary and just, like, sitting on things and, like, you want the paper there to protect your muffin. But, like, don't put muffin, don't put cupcake wrappers on your muffins because muffins are nudists and they deserve to be naked. <laughs> Tangent I could over. I laughing for that one. Tangent over. I'll um, edit down the laugh because that was a bit harsh and I'm sorry for that. 
But all right, I think that's it for the first episode. Now that you've talked about muffins being naked. Yep. Welcome to American Muffins. Yes. Welcome to American Muffins, where muffins are nudists. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like, feel free to follow us and turn on push notifications so you know when a new episode debuts. You can also search American Muffins on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. See you all later.